even in my first full year of business, I wouldn't put a lunch period on my calendar because for me it was, well, whenever the client can meet, that's when I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's that mindset of being a clinician and a new business owner because you're trying to get money any kind of way you can. Yeah. But I really realized that the better I take care of myself, the more money I'll make mm. because I'm actually putting forth the effort to take care of myself and resting so I can actually perform better, yeah. which is going to earn me more people because I'm performing better and they're going to want to come see me. Yeah. So it's it's an equation and it adds up. Okay. If we don't sleep, have you ever seen your body and experienced your body with no rest? Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Mm -hmm. And so I think... We see rappers, we see Diddy. You know, back in my day, it was uh, whatever show he had, Making the Band. Making the Band, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't allow them to sleep. That That's for TV. Mm -hmm. The reality is your mind is always working. Yeah. So you at least need time to shut it off and to rest. If the idea comes to your head, write it down, come back to it later. Okay. Because I think the, the idea about grind culture is that we think we need to have it now. Mm -hmm. Everybody feels behind the curve. Always. Right. Everybody, I'm not never know where I want to be. Yeah. Right? Instead of identifying what does acceptance look like about where I am mm -hmm. and being okay with that. Yeah. So grind culture is just not a complete thought in the way that we think about it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And for what I've seen, it's okay to take a rest. It's okay to have a boundary. Now, I'm not saying go out and do nothing for a whole week. Yeah. If you're not on vacation. But maybe it just shifts and success can look differently every day. Yeah. Maybe I don't get to everything on my to-do list today. But prioritizing what is important, if I don't get this done today, is this going to Im impact my business in a negative way? All right, let me go ahead and knock this out. Mm -hmm. Then let me go home. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tab. Listen, I am extremely excited about this conversation. This is almost like a reunion, man. It is. Yeah, it for is. sure. A lot of people <laughs> don't know. We were, what, you were my first college roommate. Yeah, yeah. Back in 2006. I know. We talked yeah. about this a little bit, but I know, man, y'all probably thought I was crazy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you were really rarely around. Yeah. Always doing something, always shaking, well-known. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't say well-known. From but, from the freshman point of view, uh -huh. yeah. So I was an RA. Yeah, yeah I, I was, remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was probably the worst RA, bro. You could have. You were pretty bad. <laughs> so my wife, which is my girlfriend at the time, yeah. she stayed in two thousand. Okay, so that's why I spent all my time. Oh yeah, yeah across so. the campus for sure. All right, living the high life down there, in New Dorm. <laughs> I like Johnson Village. I don't know if you still call it Johnson Village. I think but. it's called Johnson O'Bear. Where at least after I left, it was Johnson O'Bear, and then. Maybe they did something different, but if okay. you've ever been back up there, mm -hmm. campus is completely different. I hadn't been in a while, man. I went a few years ago, and they have a new dorm across the street from Johnson O'Bear or okay. Johnson Village. Oh. I heard they built like a new sports complex and everything. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Okay. So that's where our tuition dollars or our loan money went. Yeah. So for y'all that don't know, we went to uh, UTC, University of Tennessee yeah. at Chattanooga together, man. Yeah. So back in the day, Chattanooga was a dope experience. I got uh, I got bit by the entrepreneur bug, so my college career was. A little bit shorter than yours. That's man. all right. So, it looks different for everybody. For sure. Yeah. So that year that we were roommates, that was my last year okay. of school. Yeah, okay. man. So after that that year, I decided I was going to go into uh, the, the work career, man, okay. and uh, test this entrepreneur thing out, and I've been doing it ever since. All right. Well, look at look at you now. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's dope. It's, it's great to see where we've come. Yeah, it is, man. And to see people around you moving and shaking and successful. So I'm glad to be here, man. Well, you're a doctor now, man. You're Dr. Dotson. 
weird. So what I mentioned, you was just a college kid, man. You're adopted man, now, bro. Ridiculous college kid. Yeah. For 17 <laughs> and now three degrees later. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty dope when I stop and think about it. I try to stay modest and not look at it as a big deal. Okay. But it really is a big deal, though. Yeah. Right? It's a huge deal. It's a big deal. So after chat, so I stayed there four years, stayed in Johnson all four years. I okay. didn't see a point in moving off campus. <laughs> uh, I went to Lipscomb University okay. after that for grad school, and then I got my master's in professional counseling. I was the first black male to get my master's in counseling from Lipscomb. Oh, wow. So it was predominantly white private That's school. Cool. Yeah. So then I went right into the workforce nonprofit. And then um, when I started my PhD at Memphis in 2015, graduated as the first black male to get a PhD in counselor education from the university. Just breaking out yeah. lawyer, cause that's what's up. So, you know, when I break it down like that and I look at what I've been able to do and accomplish, it is a pretty dope thing. So yeah. I'll, I'll receive that. Yeah, I've man. been trying to work on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So your first career was in nonprofit, man. Tell me yeah. a little bit about that. Mm. How much time you got? So, you know, as much time as you need. (laughs) Nonprofit is a whole nother beast. Mm -hmm. It's a whole nother beast. In my experience, it's, I see why it's necessary. I see the market that it holds. But when we think about mental health and the well-being of the people that work for nonprofits, Mm -hmm. you work so much for someone else's vision and someone else's dream to earn pennies. I remember my first job out of undergrad. I was making thirty-two thousand. Okay, that's, that's beautiful, right? So I, I so back then it really was because mm-hmm. the jobs that I was looking for were paying twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. So when they said thirty-two, what we really like? Like we about to make it happen. And then after that, it was thirty-four and thirty-six thousand. Mm-hmm. So after my first two years as a therapist, and this was back in twenty. 13, 20, 2013 and 2015. Okay. Uh, and so cost of living was much lower, Yeah, but that's what it was. It was working 50, 60 hours a week, not really knowing what you were doing and spending your time. Yeah. So it took me about a year after I started working to figure out, all right, what are you really doing? Mm-hmm. And, and how does this really make sense? It was the best job I ever had. Yeah. It really was. How long were you in uh, nonprofit? On and off over the years. So I worked, my first time was three years okay. straight. We did like a year, then went back to grad school. Well, went to grad school, then three years, and then another two years. And then I worked for university settings here in Memphis a couple of years in between the time. Okay. Yeah. So, man, you got well over five years in, in the nonprofit space. Yeah. It, it, it has a hold on you. Yeah. Right? So I started there, then I said, all right, forget this. I'm going to work at University of Memphis. Then I said, all right, forget this. I'm going to work at UT. Then forget this. I'm going back to nonprofit. <laughs> And so it really, I think, is one of those environments where they prove to you or they show you that this is what you're supposed to be doing, Okay. especially in the mental health world. I think a lot of nonprofits feel like they hold the space for mental health, and it's not really the case. Okay. So now, fast forward, being in private practice, I see that it's a whole new world in the work that I did with nonprofit. While it's important, it stopped making sense to me. Okay. It stopped connecting, and I didn't believe in it anymore, and so that's why I was able to get out. That's interesting you say that, man, because I know a lot of people won't make that decision uh, based off of they're not connected with the work anymore because they're looking at the responsibilities that they have you know what I'm saying? Personally, they have to yeah. bring home a chick. You know, they got to keep a job and things like that. So 
Like, how were you able to wrap your mind around making a decision that said, this doesn't make sense for me anymore. I'm going to step out and do something that, you know, that I'm passionate about. Or, or at that time, I don't know, were you stepping into something that you was passionate about or was it just kind of the same old thing? So, you know, honestly, it got really uncomfortable for me. Okay. The the longer that I was in it, and I was in a in a um, position where I had a title, mm-hmm. I had a salary, my insurance was paid for, and so truly, I think what happened was all my life I thought success was getting a degree, getting a title, yeah. sitting in an office, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That was it. You made it, and then it stopped making sense to me because yeah. I would look around the room and I would say, "This this not it. Mm-hmm. The way I'm being talked to, that's not it. The way I'm being treated." This target that's constantly moving. Yeah, I think my experience yeah. with nonprofit is that the target is always moving. And I remember telling my boss one day, I said, "This job feels like a mental illness mm. because you don't really know what you want. Yeah. There is no rule that says this is what is right, this is what is wrong. So everybody's trying to figure it out." Okay. Um, and then a lot of the leadership would instill fear in you. Yeah. And, yep. and so it was really not about trying to make you better as an employee and mm-hmm. as a leader. It was about how do we maintain control over you? Gotcha. Uh, and so from that point, I'm not really employable anymore yeah. because <laughs> I don't follow and subscribe to that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it got really uncomfortable for me. And then I opened my private practice really in 2020. Yeah. So anybody that's looking to open a business, I appreciate it. It can be as simple as ordering Mulan. Uh-huh. And going and sitting on your your homegirl's couch mm-hmm. and going through the LLC paperwork and just making it happen. Yeah, is that how you got your day? That's how I got started. For sure. Yep, sitting on the sofa on a Friday night at my my friend Dr. Smith's house, mm-hmm. and we made it happen. Fast forward, I started seeing clients part time after work. So I'm doing my AD work during the day, and I say, all right, I want to see some clients, get back connected to the work. So I would see a few people during the week after work, rush home where mm-hmm. it really didn't matter. Uh, and then that how I, that's how I was able to go full time okay. once I left my full time job. That's what's up, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. It took you to have to graduate, go through college, do all of that, start in the work career to realize that you know this thing is a little bit more demanding uh, mentally than oh, yeah. what you uh, what you expected. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's why I was that crazy college student as your roommate. I realized that, man, pretty early on. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Cause I had I started working early at, uh, in my career. I started working at fifteen. I don't know if you had a job okay. as a child. I had like a, one of them summer city programs. Okay, no, no, no. I had full yeah. fledged. Oh no, no, no. I, I worked for a restaurant. Time. No, no, I was playtime. <laughs> Look, I worked for a restaurant. So when I got out of school, I would go to this restaurant, mm-hmm. and the dish I was a dishwasher. They didn't have okay. any machines, any of that stuff. So all the dishes was washed by hand, and it was me. And it was you, all right. Yeah. So I learned pretty quick. You know, uh, I had a passion for details, man, and mm-hmm. I was. I've always had the mindset that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Okay. So I was the best dishwasher you was going to find, right? Okay. Uh, and after just kind of going through that, you know, working for somebody else, when I went to school, you don't know this, but my freshman year, okay. I started a magazine company in mm-hmm. my yeah, yeah in my yeah. dorm room. Uh, you, just get, you think you know somebody and it just <laughs> keeps coming out. You were a hustler. You were hustling, yeah, man. making it work and that's a vision that you constantly have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing about entrepreneurship and business. People, if you're not in it and you don't understand it, you're constantly working. Yeah. Your brain is constantly in mm-hmm. overtime. Be three o'clock in the morning, hey, I gotta send this email. I gotta write this thing down. I gotta write this idea down Absolutely. and get it out. And so from magazine to all the businesses that you've had, I'm pretty sure you've been working overtime over the years. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and that's one of the things I wanna talk to you about too, yeah. man, uh, as we kind of transition into 
uh, the work that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we talked about this. I feel like this is uh, this this the appropriate title would be the entrepreneur and the therapist. Yeah. So I've never been through therapy. Okay. Uh, and I'll be transparent and say that I tried one okay. time. Uh, it was a uh, it was an app. I'm not gonna say the name, but you can call in and yeah. speak to a therapist. Yeah. And I've heard that too, man. And maybe you can elaborate on that. Sometimes once you're looking for therapy, you have to test out different people. Is that your is that your experience with your clients that they've been to different therapists before coming to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So even if we're talking transparent, my first experience in therapy myself was um, in grad school, and I, I went to a white old male. Yeah. He had to have been like 70 years old. <laughs> and before I went in, I said, I'm going to lay it all out in the line. I'm going to make this happen. And then when I got in there, similar to maybe your experience, as mm-hmm. instantly I knew this ain't going to be. No relatability. I can't do it. So I just kept it surface level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that it is people's experience. So even when I get people to reach out to me and, they, and I ask them, hey, have you ever done therapy before? Because I really want to know what worked in that experience for yeah. you, what did not work, because I also don't want to repeat that. Absolutely. And it's really good when you're looking for a therapist to know what your expectations are, mm-hmm. to know what you want. Yeah. And say, I expect this and this and this out of therapy, and to know <clears throat> when is therapy going to be done for you? Because the goal isn't to really be in it for your whole life. Yeah, the and goal, people don't talk about that a lot. No, people, because people want to take your money. Yeah. And <laughs> the goal is to come get what you need, develop those skills. Because eventually you need to be without your therapist, Mm -hmm. whether that takes three months, six months or three years. Okay. Go get the skills. Be honest, because if you're not honest, you're wasting your time because you're wasting your therapist time. But sometimes it really is making one or two attempts at the process. Mm -hmm. It's like you go to a barber. Yeah. If the first person doesn't get it right, you're not going to stop going to the barber. Yeah. Try somebody else. And try somebody else until you find the right fit. And so even though it can be draining and exhausting for people, I know that's the reality. Yeah. But the truth is, it may not be a good fit that first time around. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to be a good fit for me. And I know I'm good. Yeah. And yeah. I know that I may not want to work with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's completely okay to interview different people when you're looking at, all right, I think I want to go to therapy. List out a few people, get some recommendations, call those people have. Okay. Uh, you know, intro calls to see if it feels like a good fit. If it doesn't, don't lean into it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's some great advice, yeah. man. Um, so I know that one of the things I noticed about your practice is you have a focus on men. Is that still yeah. the case? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll always be there. Okay. Why the focus solely on just men? <clears throat> yeah. So I think that adult men deserve space, safe spaces to be seen, heard, and challenged. Okay. That's my that's my belief system. Gotcha. Uh, you know, even when you go into a clothing store, men have this small section mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, one, two, turn around, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And and a lot of self-care spaces are really geared towards women and children. Mm-hmm. But where do men get to go be seen and heard? Mm-hmm. Where do I get to just take off my shoes and just let it all out yeah. and, and complain about my wife and complain about my partner and to really talk about the stresses of being a male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've, I've always believed in that. I'm glad that I found that as my my space to really lean into the work. Okay. I've worked with, I started working with children in nonprofit, children and okay. families. And then I've worked with college aid students and then professional students in medical school. Gotcha. And throughout that whole process, I really enjoyed working with males because that's where my training started, <laughs> working with uh, juveniles. Okay. Ages 14 to 16. That's where I started for gotcha. years. Uh, and so it just made sense that see them as adults, mm-hmm. right? Because the people catered to children, and I think that that's great, but I grew out of that space, and now adult men is my thing. Sure, yeah, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, look, I think um, 
for a lot of, you know, adult males, uh, like myself, I guess mm-hmm. I can use it as an example. I get my therapy through uh, a text group with my fellas. Okay, okay. <laughs> and we debate about everything, you know. Uh, okay. Politics, right. we talk about, you know, religion, we talk about it all. Yeah. Uh, but it can be very therapeutic because uh, we all have different backgrounds. Uh, mm-hmm. And similar to that college student that you met, I'm probably still the most radical one in the okay, group. Okay, okay. So typically it's about five of us in that group. So typically it's four against one. Uh-huh. I was standing my grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, 10 toes down. But it's cool. At yeah. the end of the day, we know that, you know, it's we're not saying anything that we're trying to offend any, anybody, mm-hmm. but it's just our space to where we can kind of go back and forth, yeah. you know, clear our, clear our mind, get things off our chest, you know. Yeah. I, I think for me, that's been, you know, my therapy, man. Yeah. Uh, so once you think about like uh, black men, uh, or just men in general, mm-hmm. uh, we can speak from black men because that's that's what black yeah, men yeah. is our perspective. What would be some advice that you would give them, you know, as far as getting therapy, you know, seeking therapy? What what should they start it? I think you start with being honest with yourself and, and knowing that all right, it's not a bad idea if I go to get some help. It's not a bad idea if I go and talk to somebody because talking is is. That's where we we've learned, even from story time as being children. Yeah. Gather around for storytelling time and in therapy, you're really just creating a narrative. You're really just telling a story about your life and we're shaped by our experiences. Okay. So you don't show up today being who you are because of one thing. You show up being who you are because of several things. Gotcha. Uh, and so I always say to start, just know that it's okay to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Taking the first step of getting recommendations, making that first phone call, answering the call when it's time to have that initial consult is really important. Okay. You've already done half of the work. Do you feel like people do people don't? Do they not answer the call? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think it because people get motivated. We get motivated, yeah. right? I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah. And then when Monday comes, right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go next week. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go to therapy. I'm gonna make this appointment. And then when it comes, I think some people truly just look at the phone and like, nah, I ain't gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think being honest with yourself, paying attention to what you respond to and how you respond to it is really important. Okay in terms of knowing what your triggers are. And if I know that I'm sleeping a lot more and eating a lot more, eating a lot less, paying attention to the symptoms, Mm -hmm. if I'm being explosive, if I don't communicate with my partner very well, if I am blowing up on my kids, those are things to pay attention to. Okay. If I'm just simply not feeling myself, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have depression. Yeah. But when we have needs that go unmet, that starts to inflame and then that's where mental illness can come from. Gotcha. It also is genetically predisposed in some cases, but often if I am, if I don't have safe spaces to go to, if I don't feel safe with my partner, if my parents judge me all the time, my friends don't understand me, yeah. where am I going to go? For sure. Who am I going to talk to? Mm-hmm. And so therapy is the place where you can actually do that in an environment where the person really shouldn't be judging you. Yeah. And if they are, hopefully you can develop a conversation in the environment where you all know, like, all right, I'm judging you right now. For sure. You were problematic when you said that. And when you did that, that's not right. Ooh. That's a lot safer than being out with somebody that's not trained and just talking crap. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes total yeah. sense, man. One of the things that you said that I thought was kind of interesting was uh, needs being met. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of those needs that you see that aren't being met in men yeah. Uh, that trigger, you know, depression and some of those symptoms that you see at overeating, you know, maybe not communicating, snapping on, you know, your little ones and things like that. What are some of those more common needs that you see? Yeah, honestly, sexual needs. Okay. Sexual needs, financial needs. 
uh, feeling safe with their partner and dating experience, a lot of the times we don't understand how to really be in healthy relationships with people. Gotcha. And so, you know, a lot of podcasts and a lot of platforms have this debate about men and women when the reality is everybody has a way to to feel triggered. Mm-hmm. Everyone has um, deals with rejection okay. in a way. Yeah. And so when we talk about unmet needs, it could be almost anything. Mm-hmm. But I think what I see mostly with the clients that I have is not having safe spaces to feel seen and acknowledged. Okay. Whether it's through a partner or work or a racist uh, job or boss mm-hmm. that they have, I don't have what I need right now because I'm not being hurt. I'm not being seen. I don't feel safe. Um, my sexual needs aren't being met. Yeah. It can be several different things. Sure. And then once that continues to go on and on, for instance, if I don't feel like I can communicate with my partner because they're going to jump down my throat every time, yeah. I need to be able to communicate my needs. And if I can't do that and if I don't feel like I have permission, what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm either going to suppress that and go find another space that doesn't give me this bull crap. Yeah. Or I'm going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And what you see is you see it suppressed for so long and then eventually eventually it's gonna look bad yeah no matter whether that's turning to substances or or pornography or unhealthy and habits and and behavior Mm -hmm. it it, it's gonna inflame over time and it's just not gonna look good when it comes out and it's gonna look different for everybody based on the skills that you have yeah you said uh being unseen and you mentioned these different uh you know opportunities where people aren't being seen mm-hmm. and one of the ones as you were saying that that i was thinking was social media that has to be like one of the biggest things now when you think about people being seen uh because of that social pressure to you know continually post to always look your best to put you know oh, their yeah. best image forward uh i think that can play a lot into that you know are you being seen the way you want and creating a lot of you know anxiety and stuff around it it's weird yeah yeah there's a lot of pressure out there yeah right so even when we look at being a man a lot of the times men look at, when when I ask my clients, define masculinity for me. Mm-hmm. Many times you have men saying it's to provide, to protect, yeah. and to to honor. Okay. It's also more than that. And that's more of a, that's what we're taught. That's what we see. So we see our uncles, we see maybe a dad, maybe not a dad. Because mm-hmm. parents represent two different things, how we want to be, how we don't want to be. Okay. And then that's, that's yeah, what yeah. I truly believe. Um, and so... Define masculinity, and then it's really this limited perspective when it's also, it can be more than that. And everybody's definition is going to look different. Okay. So I think that that's a really good starting place with men uh, because it is important for many of us to feel masculine. What does that look like? Yeah. So you're looking at the intersection of race and gender, sexual orientation and gender, job security and gender. Yeah. The expectations of my partner. Are we on the same page? Do do you see me being a good partner in the same way that I see myself being a good partner? Okay. And where did we learn these things from? So it's really important, and that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this with me. It gets deep. It gets deep, and it's complex, and it's also so beautiful for a guy to come in your office and just take your shoes off and be like, all right, this is what I got going on, Mm -hmm. and we just dissect that and, and, and chop it up and figure out where's the truth in this. Yeah. Is this a story I'm telling myself or did this really happen? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where I am with it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And as you're saying this, so, of course, you know, all of my friendships or some of my friendships that, you know, the guys I married or whatnot, 
me and my wife will be celebrating 14 years of marriage, man, in and March. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been down since been down. We, went to high school. we started dating in high school. Yeah, with the Overton, right? Overton, yep. Yeah. Went to Overton, okay. man, <laughs> and uh, went to college together. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we've been rocking. That's but beautiful. Uh, a lot of my friends, I got married at 22, so a lot of my friends got married much later. So we are that couple that they typically will come to and ask a lot of questions. And a lot of things that you're saying, uh, I may not say them as elegant, but I try to let them know, like, man, you got to think about Y'all are two different people that have two totally different experiences, and now y'all coming together, and y'all have these identities, and y'all want to move forward. But you got you can't discount what people past have been. Lived experience, yeah. And you see, you know, people that are in their families where the mom is more dominant. So you see mm -hmm. that spouse being more dominant as a woman. You see, mm -hmm. we're in a relationship with a man. Their dad was passive, and mm -hmm. the the guy is passive. And once you put these people together, the woman wants the guy to be more aggressive, but it wasn't his makeup. You know what I'm saying? He come yeah. from a background. He doesn't have it in him. Yeah. And that's okay because he's able to exist how he does. But when you're, a lot of the times we get upset and, and we, we get thrown off because our expectations aren't being met. Yeah. I'm responding in an explosive way because I'm disappointed. But instead of saying I'm disappointed, I'm yelling. Okay. Opposed to just saying, hey, that's not what I expected because I either created this narrative in my head and you didn't get it right. Yeah. Which is unfair. Mm -hmm. But we don't communicate that. We just yeah. expect people to read our minds and to get it right. When your parents didn't always get it right, mm -hmm. yeah, then that's okay. So you're not always going to get it right. Your partner's not always going to get it right. For sure, that's okay. We get to learn and grow and add and subtract to who we are, yeah. how we want to be. Yeah, for yeah. sure, man. So look, here's the uh, let's let's take the gloves off. This okay. is kind of the okay. uh, entrepreneur and the therapist. Right. Uh, so I want to transition because my audience that we're talking to yeah. is more startup entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurs that have been in business for a few years and may not be uh, seeing the results that they want. So our goal is to help raise their business IQ, raise their IQ in general so they can start tapping into their full equity. So that's kind of who we are, who we talking okay. to, man. So talking about entrepreneurship, man, I saw, before I even get into that, man, I follow you, of course, on Instagram, man, and you have a way of taking these very um, touchy topics but making them uh, cut a little bit, but digestible and i, I received that I'll yeah take that. it's cool the way you do it yeah, yeah man so you take these you talking about grind culture and one of them and i was like i gotta ask him about that man we gotta yeah. dive into that mindset but the way you presented it all you know what i'm saying it stung a minute but it was like you know what why why who, who told us to get into that grind culture so as an entrepreneur man that's that's what we it's almost uh an oxymoron to not grind, you know, I've been grinding, bro, since I was 17. Yeah. You know, I've been doing several different business ventures and to hear something like that, it's, it kind of is like, hold up, nah, I ain't been taught that, man. Yeah. So what are you seeing with this whole grind culture, man? So we got entrepreneurs that that's what they do. They adopt that whole grind culture. Look, I gotta get it, I gotta go, ain't no sleep, you know, yeah. all of these just, things that go along with it. Yeah, it just doesn't quite, It's it's not the full picture. Okay. I don't think that that's the complete truth. So yeah, we grind mm -hmm. because you're a business owner and if I don't work, I don't eat. Mm -hmm. Right, even for me as a business owner as an, and a clinician, if I get sick, I can't see clients. Yeah. I can't see clients, I don't earn. Mm -hmm. So I understand that perspective, but this idea of not sleeping or not eating, that's dumb. Yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> you you literally <laughs> you sleep in order to perform. Mm -hmm. You need to eat in order to perform. 
Uh, and so even even in my first full year of business, I wouldn't put a lunch period on my calendar because for me, it was, well, whenever the client can meet, that's when I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's that mindset of being a clinician and a new business owner because you're trying to get money any kind of way you can. Yeah. But I really realized that the better I take care of myself, the more money I'll make mm. because I'm actually putting forth the effort to take care of myself and resting so I can actually perform better, yeah. which is going to earn me more people because I'm performing better and they're going to want to come see me. Yeah. So it's, it's an equation and it adds up. Okay. If we don't sleep. Have you ever seen your body and experienced your body with no rest? Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Mm -hmm. And so I think we see rappers, we see Diddy, you know, back in my day, it was uh, whatever show he had, Making the Band. Making the Band, yeah. And he wouldn't <laughs> allow them to sleep. That That's for TV. Mm -hmm. The reality is your mind is always working. Yeah. So you at least need time to shut it off and to rest. If the idea comes to your head, Write it down, come back to it later. Okay. Because I think the, the idea about grind culture is that we think we need to have it now. Mm -hmm. Everybody feels behind the curve. Always. Right? Everybody, I'm not never exactly where I want to be. Yeah. Right? Instead of identifying what does acceptance look like about where I am mm -hmm. and being okay with that. Yeah. So grind culture is just not a complete thought in the way that we think about it, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and for what I've seen. It's okay to take a rest. It's okay to have a boundary. Now, I'm not saying go out and do nothing for a whole week yeah. if you're not on vacation, but maybe it just shifts and success can look differently every day. Yeah. Maybe I don't get to everything on my to-do list today, but prioritizing what is important. If I don't get this done today, is this going to Im impact my business in a negative way? All right, let me go ahead and knock this out. Mm -hmm. Then let me go home. For sure. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's a definitely interesting perspective, man, because like I said, it's so... Um, it's the opposite of what, you know, you see, what you hear, even in podcasting, mm -hmm. you know, you're here. Uh, it's a guy, man, who has a, a a podcast and he's changed the narrative, it's, but his name was Sleep is for Suckers. I don't know if you ever watch mm -hmm. that, but just that whole narrative, you know what I'm saying? Sleep is for Suckers yeah, yeah. perpetuates that. And he's now yeah. changed that, you know, or, or I wouldn't necessarily say he's changed it, but I, I had an opportunity to hear him explain it. Okay. And it wasn't what I thought it was. I oh, thought it was okay. that, you know what, we ain't get no sleep until mm -hmm. we get to where we want to be at. Okay. But it was something completely different. But people don't know that, you know what I'm saying? We right. only look at the, the title and the name. Mm -hmm. so it is really good. But you took the time to listen to it. And yeah. he took the time to explain it. When we don't take the time to understand more, then we're stuck with that limited perspective. And then that can be really unfortunate and unfair to ourselves because we didn't educate ourselves on the full truth yeah so when we talk about business ownership i think that understanding what a grind looks like for you may be different for me for sure i'm gonna go home yeah i'm gonna go home <laughs> and i'm gonna lay down and i'm gonna laugh and i'm gonna watch tv yeah for me that is successful mm -hmm. because i get to do that i take the chance to do that i i i give myself permission to do that and then when it's time to go i'm on mm -hmm. um but even Fridays, my Friday. So in, in business, when I said, when I started out to do this, I said, I'm not going to see clients on Fridays. I okay. need a day to just rest. I need a day to dream. Mm -hmm. I need a day to, vi to, to have vision okay. and, and connect with people yep. just like we're able to do here. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I have a, a, a person that I work with uh, and they have a CEO day. Okay. Where on Tuesday, that's the day that they take care of their admin business. Okay. So when are we really giving ourselves to actually grow the business and, and have vision? Because mm -hmm. as a business owner, you're always thinking. So when are you actually taking the time to dissect and make that grow? It never turns off. Yeah, yeah, it never turns off. So give your time yourself time to let that 
make it come to life. Yeah. Yeah. And and so as I'm building out this new project, the Equity Tab, so the company that I previously ran was a t-shirt company, man, and the company owned us. You know, we were in there some days, bro, I would go to, to the shop as early as five in the morning and yeah. would leave to three o'clock the next morning yeah. just because of the amount of work that we had to get done. Yeah. But in starting this project, uh, I, I sat still for a whole year mm -hmm. thinking about what I wanted to do. And when I did finally say, okay, I'm gonna get into the educational content creation space, yeah. That's one of the things that I just refused to do. So when I drew out like my organizational chart and I looked at all the roles, the responsibilities that uh, I was going to have to do to make this business successful, yeah. uh, I decided then, okay, here's the one, two, three, four things that I'm doing. Correct. Everything yeah. else I'm yeah. not doing, I'm going to figure out how I can uh, get technology to do it, how I can outsource it, how I can bring on help. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So paying attention to what drains you. Mm -hmm. So social media and and me editing my website is yeah. draining <laughs> it is draining but i understand that it's important until i outsource that this is what i have to do mm -hmm. but you're exactly right finding um what works and saying all right i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this yeah, yeah, yeah. i think a lot of business owners i am all in my department Mm -hmm. I am HR, yeah. I am the admin, I am the front desk person, mm -hmm. I am the provider, and that gets really difficult. Mm -hmm. So now this year, my goal is to expand more, get a virtual assistant, add a couple yeah. of contract workers. So the vision is there, mm -hmm. but it also takes time. So I think with business owners, we have to understand that it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. We have to give ourselves um, time to let this thing grow and build, yeah. but also in a way that makes sense to us. Yeah. If I'm seeing 30 people a week, it really discredits the, the whole reason why I'm in private practice. Mm -hmm. I'm in private practice to do a work that makes sense to me, okay. where I can provide a quality service to my clients without any, with any conditions, mm -hmm. uh, and you get tired. Yeah. It, isn't the whole point of business ownership and entrepreneurship to have flexibility? Yeah. And and to do what you want and be able to provide for your family in the way that allows you to also be there for them. Mm -hmm. So it's not all financial. Yeah, it's it's about all right. Well, I don't have to go in until ten today because I have a program at my school's uh, my kid's school. Mm -hmm. Or I want to go to the gym and I want to take my time getting there today. Yeah. So or I just want to take a day off. PTO is going to be approved because you're the business owner. Yeah, for sure. It may not be every day, mm -hmm. but what I've done this year is. Um, I blocked out certain days in the year. So okay. maybe once, one day a quarter, I plan to take a day off. Okay. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. And then around the holiday time, because again, you need time to dream. You need time to implement things for the next year. And you also need time to just sit around and be ugly yeah. for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's okay. <laughs> I did that over the holidays. Yeah. The best decision <laughs> I ever made. For sure. Yeah. So, I, and I think all of that is, man, yeah, it's true. You You yeah. need that personal time, man. And uh, so I read a lot. I don't know in your field, you probably read a lot too. I was reading a book, man, and this is kind of going on a a, a little bit different direction. Yeah. But I was reading a, a book by Andrew Yang. Okay. Uh, he was a presidential candidate in the last presidential okay. election. Yeah. Uh, and his whole thing was this universal dividend because uh, he made some very valid points in his book that I thought was interesting. Uh, I didn't know anything about this book. 
he talked about tech and okay. tech displacement in uh, the work field. Uh, he used Amazon as an example. He was like, Amazon is a trillion dollar company who makes hundreds of million dollars on a yearly basis. And at the rate that they're growing, they're putting out 30% of the retail and the mall jobs. And and then he talked about them not paying federal taxes. That That's one thing. But he also went deeper and started talking about what is, once you look at these people that's been displaced, most of them male, he talked specifically about men, they don't enter back into the workforce. And then out of the ones that don't get back into the workforce, the suicide rate is going crazy. You know, these people are, are starting to kill themselves and stuff like that. I saw you did an interview, you talked about uh, the, the DJ that was on Ellen DeGeneres yeah. uh, and things like that, man. Yeah. So do you see in, in your field that entrepreneurship, uh, a lot of people deal with that stress and are starting to contemplate, you know, suicide? Like, what is your whole perspective on that? Yeah. So that's a loaded, that's a loaded yeah, yeah. topic. I, I think that, so it goes to identity. <laughs> and we were talking about this before where we think success means I'm going to play professional football. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be this business owner. And so we we root our identity in the work that we do. So then once we get there, oh, well, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. So then we're constantly searching for something else. <laughs> or when we lose it <laughs> and we're no longer able to play ball, we're no longer able to be a doctor because we got put out of med school. Yeah. Or we're no longer able to to make this thing happen when we root our identity in the work that we do only, that's the only thing we root our identity in and that doesn't happen, we lose sight. Yeah. And I think that that also can inflame this unmet need. Mm -hmm. And then that leads to mental illness. In, in regards to the whole Twitch thing, we don't know what people are dealing with. Yeah. It also doesn't mean that he was sitting around with, with clinical depression. Mm -hmm. Needs change on a regular basis. Okay. And it can look, it's so complicated for people. And I think a lot of people jump on the bandwagon when things happen in the media yeah. and everyone has an opinion about it, but truly we don't know. Yeah. yeah, We don't know what was happening. What we do know is that it can look so different for everybody. Mm -hmm. He could have been, he could have had and lived with clinical depression. Yeah. He could have had a mental illness that we just didn't know about. He could have had something drastic happen that day mm -hmm. that just sent him over the edge. For sure. We, we don't know. Yeah. And so I think it's really irresponsible for all these different platforms to jump on the bandwagon and have these theories when the reality is, how do you take care of yourself? Mm -hmm. How do you take care of the people around you? Yeah. What do you, what can you do to make sense to you? That's where we stick. That's where we stay. Because when we get into this argument with different people about, well, he should have been doing this and he should have been doing that. How can we say what he should or should sure, have yeah. been doing? Mm -hmm. We don't know that man's life and his family. All we see what what showed on on social media and TV. Yeah, and many times that's not the full picture. Yeah, yeah, we know that it's not the full <laughs> picture. And 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 I'm not saying that that means anything bad was going on, but it's just never the full picture. Yeah, you know, I'm not recording myself being frustrated and wanting to cry because I'm I had a, a tough day. Yeah, I'm recording the good stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's just what we do, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And and I was and, and so we like we said we talked about this, and it's it's an interesting conversation when we mm -hmm. talk about identity, and we can dive a little bit more into that. But so I sold my company a little over a year ago, and we talked about this, man. Oh, and yeah. Appreciate it, man. And so uh, that I didn't realize because as an entrepreneur, my biggest thing was, man, how do I get to retirement uh, mm -hmm. as soon as possible? Uh, you know, and because that's what we've been taught. Yeah. And so I grinded 
you know, to reach that point. And when we finally got acquired, I was like, cool. You know what I'm saying? I, I can finally retire. I'm 34. <clears throat> and I sit still for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And while I was sitting still that whole year, man, I started feeling like, dude, what is my purpose? Yeah. You know, because I was used to, I had staff, I had a team, I had customers, uh, wherever I was at, you t-shirt guy. Yeah. That was my identity. And so trying to, you know, figure out who am I in that time, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I didn't have an identity and it was slick depressing, you know what I'm saying, to go through that. But now I'm doing this and it's so rewarding. And I think the biggest thing is, is it was never about retiring. It was about doing the work that I love to do. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably, now that I've had that experience, honestly, I'll probably work forever. I don't see a point where, you know what I'm saying, I won't work. Okay. You know, because it's not about money for me, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That's not the top priority. Of course, we, we need the finances and things like that. But it's just about doing the work that I love, man. And, you yeah. know, that's yeah. the identity that I yeah. want. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? You did have an identity all that time. You just limited it to one thing or people limited you to the t-shirt business. Mm -hmm. So I always say your identity is really multiple roles that you play. Okay. So you're a father, you're a husband, you're a friend, you're a businessman, uh -huh. entrepreneur. All of those things create your identity. Mm -hmm. But if I am only the t-shirt guy and then that's taken away, I'm lost. Yeah. So if I am only trying to get to the NFL or the NBA or play ball overseas and, and, and those things stop, yeah. I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I think even as a business owner, I try not to root my identity as a therapist yeah. because everywhere you go, people are looking at you as, well, you should have it all together and you shouldn't be mad. When truly, <laughs> I'm always in between. You ain't going to have me messed up. And hi, I'm Dr. Dotson. Yeah. And it, it's really this, this, this interesting dynamic. And I'll go into places like restaurants and I'm scanning the room mm -hmm. and make sure I can, it's safe. Mm -hmm. And and I realize that that's because I'm rooting my identity in just the business I do when I'm still a human being. Yeah, I yeah. still go, like to go out and have fun and I'll take a shot every now and then. Yeah. Uh, and so just giving yourself permission to be who you are in every role that you play mm -hmm. because we're more than just the business. Yeah. That's a big part of it, right? We got to make this money. Yeah. We got we to gotta earn and live in purpose and do what feels good. But also how do we feed and supply the other areas that we do occupy in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, man. Now that's dope. So once you think about um, like I said, entrepreneurship, we're talking to uh entrepreneurs. Yeah. And one of our goals as entrepreneurs is, at least for me, is to reach peak performance. I know you talked about sleep, you talked about other health practices that you can do yeah. um mentally, but what are some of those other things that we can do as entrepreneurs, man, to really tap into that peak performance Ooh. on a mental level? Yeah, that's good. So I think that, you know, obviously you have rest, you have exercise, and we know that research indicates that when we move our bodies, we feel the sun on our skin that improves our mood. Okay. So truly spending time in nature is a really good idea. Now, I'm not I'm not one to be going on a hike, but I do understand <laughs> that it's okay to go outside and get some fresh air. Yeah. When you talk about peak performance, it's really making sure, A, you're living in vision and living in purpose. If you're just doing it for the money, you're you're not going to be in peak performance because it may not always make sense to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really important to do what you're supposed to be doing and being aligned. Alignment okay. is really important. Yeah. And then beyond that, making sure that you have the right people around you to help you elevate. Okay. Because a lot of times, you know, we got our boys around us and we got our friends, but if they don't understand and they're yeah. just speaking from this limited perspective, Am I really going to meet my peak or am I just going to stay where they think is comfortable for me? Yeah, man. And, and that's not safe either. Mm -hmm. So 
having the right people around you, taking the time to rest, being intentional about your time. I'm very big on boundaries. Okay. And something I did on and off in 2022 was overload myself. Okay. It's easy to do. So it's easy to overload yourself. And every time I bent a boundary, I got burned. And mm. so I think that it's really important if you say you're only working with kids under 15, mm -hmm. you're only working with kids under 15. Okay. If you're only going to do Saturday mornings from 9 to 12, do Saturday mornings from 9 to 12, whatever your boundary looks yep. like, yep. it's okay to stick with that. Because mm -hmm. um, in in my experience, every time I bent it and I said, all right, I'm going to do this, and I'm, I had an attitude when I yep. did it because I didn't really want to be there <laughs> at that time. It was against what I said I was going to do. So yeah, I realized it was more about me than them. Yeah, because I said this a while ago. Boundaries protect me, and they teach you how to mm. treat me. Okay. And so if I just have loosey goosey boundaries, and I'm a messy person, I'm all over the place. How am I going to be in peak performance? Yeah, because I'm all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that's really important. So rest and in healthy relationships, yeah. communicating what your needs are, asking for help making sure you're aligned and what you're supposed to be doing. I think all of those things, the combination is peak performance. For sure. And also know that every day is going to look different, mm -hmm. right? I may not, some days I wake up and I'm thinking, man, I do not want to do this today. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But then I find a way to get going and it ends up great. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. You, man, you said quite a few things that I thought was key. Uh, alignment. Uh, and I think the one that I really want to land on is, uh, the people that you have around you, the oh, relationship, yeah. because entrepreneurship is honestly a lonely, a lonely journey. For sure. And um, what I quote this poem all the time uh, as an entrepreneur, and it's by Robert Frost. You're probably okay. familiar with yeah. it. Two roads diverged in the mm -hmm. woods, and I took the one less traveled. Yeah. That poem is, you know, very in line with the entrepreneur career because I also was taught observe the masses and do the opposite. Mm -hmm. Because as you look at what the masses are doing, if you don't want what the masses have, then you got to figure out how to do it differently. Yeah. So it's almost a sense of isolation too as an entrepreneur. Not a lot of people understand it. And yeah. you know, if you if you consume a lot, if you read a lot, it mm -hmm. furthers that mindset. You know, and so for me, I have a lot of people that's around me, and I have great friends, but a lot of them don't necessarily aren't entrepreneurs, and they don't run at the same level. So it, I don't have a lot of a lot of people sometimes that I can talk to about the grind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. So that, just having the right people around you, I think, is key for entrepreneurs uh, because it's such a lonely role. What type of advice would you give them as far as building out their circle? So one thing that I did when I first started is connecting with people that were also doing the thing that I said I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, so randomly yeah. reaching out to different professionals that were in these positions that look similar to where I thought I wanted to be. Okay. And just like parents represent how you want to be and how you don't want to be, other professionals do too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I may be seeing you on social media and you make it look good, but I may not want that. But I think it's hard. You said something before. I think it's hard to not want what other people have if they make it look so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just may not be for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that reaching out to other professionals and connecting, because when you talk about business and owner entrepreneurship being lonely, mm -hmm. my first month in private practice, I'm going from a nonprofit where I'm around 100 people a day mm -hmm. to being in an office by myself. Yeah. What in the world? Yeah. Man, I have this vision and I have this and I know what I want. But there's no blueprint. Mm -hmm. There's no one that says this is how you do it. Yeah. There is no book that you can. You got to pick pieces from here and there and all over the place. Yeah, you got to put it together. Put it together to make it fit what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it is lonely, 
But I think that if you connect with other people that are doing what you want to do, don't be a messy person because people don't like that. Yeah. And when I say messiness, I mean doing irresponsible things, okay. not being a trustworthy person. Because in business, yep. what I've learned recently is you're really, it's an exchange of trust. Mm -hmm. People trust that I'm going to be at my office at the time I said I was going to be there. Yeah. I'm going to see them on time. I'm going to charge them what I said I was going to charge them. And I'm going to provide them with the service that mm -hmm. I said I was going to provide. I am trusting you to show up on time. Yeah. Be honest with me. Pay me. Yeah. And and do your homework. Mm -hmm. Because the real work comes when we're not on this one-on-one -on -one session with people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that that is really important in order to build your network to people. Be good to people. Yeah. Be good to people. And this comes back to you. And and, and I think that too, man, helps reduce uh, stress, unwanted stress, because the the messier you are in your life, and, the, and I'm using messy in the sense of organized, mm -hmm. the the less organized you are, the more stressful you are, you're going to be. Yeah. Uh, I tell my wife this all the time. I'm like, people are motivated by two things. Uh, pain and pleasure mm -hmm. and I'm that rare person that's motivated by pain okay. I would get to the shop early make sure that everything is set up mm -hmm. make sure that email is done make sure that everything is perfect mm -hmm. because I don't want to deal with a conflict situation gotcha. so I'm motivated by yeah. not wanting to experience pain yeah. and for me it's always been a good driving force but I see people that are motivated by pleasure uh, and a lot of them are successful, but I don't see the in, as intense grind. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've dealt with that in your practice, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I would have to think of a specific example, yeah. um, but it's escaping me right now. But, no, it's exactly good. Yeah. Right. but I think that that goes back to when you talk about peak performance, having a time in your day where you carve out for you, mm -hmm. um, where you get to try to work ahead of that. But even when the pain does come or the discomfort comes or moments where you get to learn something new, embrace that someone told me when you have a downtime so you know i think every business goes through these seasons okay and even being a mental health professional sometimes we have downtimes where people aren't really coming as much mm -hmm. so instead of being hurt by that embrace it for sure because it's not always going to be a downtime yeah so it's all about perspective as well when we keep a healthy perspective and knowing that all right this sucks right now but it's going to teach me something and if i can automatically go there in my mind with some adversity comes yeah i'm gonna be a lot better off on the other side of that adversity than i was if i just complained about it the whole time yeah for sure and man the mind is really the biggest uh hurdle that you have to come over mm -hmm. uh and i say this almost in every interview but i talk to entrepreneurs because i do consulting now yeah. and when i talk to them they think they're hiring me because they need me to give them the answer and what I quickly find out is a lot of times they have the answer. Oh, yeah. They know it's a lot more insightful than what we think. Yeah. We are. yeah. Like they know the one or two things that they need to do to move their business forward, but it's a mental block that's yeah. holding them back. Uh, and so for me, it's the same way as an entrepreneur. You always kind of, you know, balance, you know, or battle with, am I doing too much? You know, what other yeah. people think, all of these different things. Um, and so I started doing this thing recently on Instagram, man, where I started posting uh, my Twitter posts. Oh, I yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. man. I Look, I hadn't been on Twitter in years, but I started this up. Yeah. And every day I have these ideas that I want to post, but the yeah. thing that holds me back, I'm like, man, what if people think I'm posting too much? And then instantly I started self-talking, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. I started self-talking to myself, and what I come to the realization mentally is, 
yo, I don't have time really to stretch this out. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there's a result, there's some data that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And if I allow what other people think to prolong this process of me gathering that data, yeah. just thinking about, you know, entrepreneurs and when you come to that point of doubt, do you recommend like self-talk affirmations, keeping things in front of you to remind you of your goal? Yeah, I think that those are good. Uh, I, I have a just board of all these positive things. I barely look at it. I, okay. So I, I think that <laughs> I, if you're a person that can stop and be present and pay attention to it, it's really great. But I think what I always recommend to people is identify what the truth is. Mm -hmm. Identify what the helpful thought is. Okay. Because what happens in those moments is I tell myself a story that isn't completely true and I believe that. Gotcha. And then I have an emotional response to that. And then before you know it, I'm not doing anything. Mm. When the reality is, all right, what is true? This thought that I have, that's true. Okay. What is helpful is that if I put it out, it could help somebody. Mm, okay. So if I stay what is true, what I, if I stay with that, then I'm going to win. If I go with what is untrue and unhelpful, then I'm just circling the block yeah. over and over and over again, and I never really make any action, and I never do anything with this vision that you have. So I think that that's probably the best thing to do is always because – I may not be somewhere where I can look at a sticky note that I posted about stay positive. Yeah. I may not be able to always look at my phone that my background is my kid and you yeah. know that that's my motivation. But I can always use myself as a resource for sure and say, all right, in this moment, what is true and helpful, lean into that and then let that guide you. Yeah, and it helps me. Yourself isn't a bad thing. Yeah, they'll try to tell you the pe they the people, <laughs> internet people to get it. Hey, don't talk to. Yourself. Man, I have a good time with myself. Yeah, I think it's good to enjoy yourself and to, and to and when you start to learn how to love yourself and like yourself, you can be completely fine with just being you. Yeah, and and talking to yourself and having a good old time. Now, if you start answering yourself and, and talking things that aren't true <laughs> and seeing stuff that's not really there, that's different. Yeah, but it is okay to have a like I, somebody I was talking to said, I had a staff meeting with myself mm -hmm. and we, we talked about X, Y, and Z. For sure. So even yesterday I was trying to get notes done. I said, all right, man, knock it out. Yeah. Give yourself 30 minutes, hit all these points, do what you need to do. And then you feel satisfaction on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah. I don't have to spend three hours trying to do one thing. Just knock it out in moments of time. And then before you know it, it'll be done. Yeah. yeah. So this this new uh it's not new, but it's it's more awareness around meditation now. And uh I, I do I meditate uh daily. Dope. Uh when I first started doing it it was a challenge, you know, uh because I had the wrong perspective of it. I was trying to calm my mind down from you know, having all these thoughts and things like that until I realized that that's the whole meditation process for me is letting those thoughts run wild, okay. evaluating those thoughts and seeing what those thoughts are trying to tell me okay. uh, is when I started really finding joy in meditation. And what meditation does for me is it really helps me reduce stress because mm -hmm. it's a time for me really just to kind of map out what I'm going to be doing that day, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying, what's true, what's not true. And when I'm done, sometimes I meditate, bro, 45 minutes. Yeah. Like real talk, I'll mm -hmm. be just kind of chilling, you know what I'm saying, meditating. It's time for you during the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So do you recommend meditation? Is there a certain way that, you know, you should be meditating? You know, I recommend being open to different things that maybe you're not used to. So it, it would it would start with, if I'm tracking this, it would start with taking inventory of what you currently do to help cope. Because what you're saying, meditation is a coping mechanism for you. Mm -hmm. Take an inventory of what works, what doesn't work. 
and then being open to learning more things. And when you go to therapy, your therapist should be teaching you new ways to cope and new perspectives to take on in order to address and respond to different stressors and triggers in your life. Gotcha. Um, I think that meditation is beautiful. I think deep breathing is great. I think that grounding yourself, paying attention to things that you hear, see, smell, taste in the room are really important yeah. just to make sure that you stay grounded in your body and feel your body and the weight of it in wherever you are, especially mm -hmm. when we're having anxiety. Yeah, yeah, All anxiety is associated with fear. So if we say I'm anxious about this, then the question is, what are you fearful about? Yeah. Uh, and, and leaning into what is true and both helpful in order to respond to that. Yeah. So I think that meditation is great. We also don't know how to do stuff because maybe it wasn't, it wasn't um, shown to us. Yeah. And our, my mom wasn't meditating. I know mm -hmm. that for sure. So <laughs> I had to learn different things like that. And even with business ownership, like I said, the blueprint isn't there. So sometimes we don't have people before us that say, this is how you should do this. And you're learning it over time trusting the process trusting yourself giving yourself permission to take that that first step yeah yeah and you know man i think uh for me as an entrepreneur i experienced the most anxiety in the morning mm -hmm. uh and one of the things that i've been doing is and i heard somebody say it i don't know where i got it from but okay. it was like recognize or identify two things first thing in the morning while uh, something that you're grateful for mm -hmm. uh it can be small gratitude so important yeah so important it can be something yeah. small like yo I'm, I've been married 14 years. It's cool. I've been waking up to the same woman for the last 14 years. Like, mm -hmm. I define gratitude in it. I'm grateful for that. And then uh, recognize accomplishments that you've had the previous day. Yeah. Big or small. And when I realized, like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I actually accomplished more stuff the, uh, the day before than I really thought I, I had. And that puts me in, you know, in the right headspace. It uh -huh. reduces that anxiety. Yeah. Um, so, man, look, we can talk all day, yeah, man. man. Uh, as we start to wrap up, I got two questions for okay. you. The question I have, man, is what's next for you? Okay. I know you, uh, you got a private practice. People, you know, let people know where they can find you. Yeah. And in closing, any last parting advice, man, that you would give to entrepreneurs to, you know, help them manage uh, their, their mental health, uh, as they embark on this entrepreneurial journey, any part where you have, man, yeah. uh, that'd be great. Yeah. So I work with adult men. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in the state of Tennessee. You can find me at navigatingcouragecac.com. Uh, my office number is 901-818-3211. You can email me, send me a message through my website. Uh, and advice that I have for, for business owners, you can either be bitter or you can be grateful. So gratitude takes you a long way. Be thankful for what you're doing on a daily basis. Thank yourself. Thank your provider. Thank whoever you believe in. For me, that's God. And just know that you are you are where you're supposed to be as long as you stay clean, as long as you're not a messy person, as long as you stay aligned with the vision and the purpose. For sure. Yeah. Man, that's dope, bro. Listen, this has been a good entrepreneur and uh, therapy or therapist yeah. conversation. Man, yeah. We definitely will have to do this more. I got more to say. Yeah, and yeah. as your business continue to grow, man, I would love to have you back on the show. I appreciate it. I love to come. Yeah, man. Look, yeah. I appreciate right, your time, man. man. Yes, sir. Listen, um, if you're finding value in this content, if you found value in this video, do me a favor, man. Drop uh, something in the comment. Drop mental health in the comment just to let us know that you're rocking with this con uh, content. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you need more content to help you grow and scale your business, drop that in the comment as well, and we'll do our best to bring on guests that'll be able to help us talk about those topics. But with that being said, man, stay locked in. Do me a favor. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. Turn on the notifications so you can continue to get these videos. And uh, we'll be back with the next episode.